Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Soul Talk. This is Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. We are doing a series on what I call the fundamentals of God because I feel like it is such a fundamental in life and has such an effect on what we believe, how we actually live our lives, not just only as a thought process and philosophy, um, Rabbi, that already the few that we've done have been so enlightening and life-changing. And this week, I wanted to get a better understanding. We spoke about who is God. If you haven't heard that one yet or any of the preceding ones, please look for them. Um, What does it mean that God is one? And within that context, the next one was, uh, how does evil exist within the oneness of God? And if these questions are sparking your interest, again, please go back and listen to those shows. My next question now in trying to really put all the puzzle pieces together is, why did God create the world? God is ultimate reality. And we have to, we're in this world trying to grapple and understand God, but God pre-existed the world. So why did God create the world? Great, great. Um, first of all, let's define what we mean when we say, why did God create the world? You know, let's think of the inventor of the automobile. Uh, if we ask, why did he invent the automobile? That could have two possible interpretations. One is what motivated him, or the other one is for what purpose. What motivated him Unless he tells us we don't know. It could have been that he needed money and he was looking for some kind of idea that would make him, you know, some serious money. Could be that he was dating a woman and he really wanted to impress her and show up in a car to pick her up on the next date. Could be his mother was driving him crazy, so he's trying to find some way to run away from her and and get away fast. We, We don't know why he created the car. Unless he told us that, we wouldn't know why. But we certainly know for what purpose is for for transportation. Just look at the car, and you can see that the purpose of the car is for transportation. Uh, When it comes to God, the the question of what motivated God is, um, is nonsensical. Because God is the prime mover. If someone is motivated, that means something, a force, is moving them. And so the question of why in terms of, you know, what motivated God is nonsensical when it comes to talking about God. But when it comes to for, for what purpose, well, we can look at the world and, uh, and we also have our sages who reveal to us. And so I just want to be very clear that we, there is no why. God just wanted to. Uh, we can ask a why when it comes to the guy who invented the car. There might be a why. Might not be. But uh, generally, there was some motivating factor in his life. But here, there was no motivating factor. Nothing moves God. God just wanted to and absolutely didn't have to. Just wanted to. But now that we've established that God wanted to create the world, for what purpose did God want to create the world? Uh, Our sages tell us that God created the world in order to give of his goodness to others. It was an act of goodness. God is good, and God manifests good. The creation of the world is a manifestation of God. God wants to make himself manifest in this way, to give of his goodness to other. 
what, what is that goodness? Who's the other? It's you and I. And Judaism describes creation as an act of love, an act of kindness. It's an act of love and kindness. First of all, an act of love and kindness, because love and kindness is not something you have to do. If I had to do it, that would be an act of justice. You know, if I go up to your car and I start washing your car for no reason, that's an act of kindness. I don't need to do that. And I'm not looking for you to reciprocate. Uh, but if I dent your car and I say, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to pay for the, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to pay for the damages. You're not being nice. You have to pay for the damages. That's, that's, that's the law. Uh, when it comes to kindness, kindness is an act that I don't have to do. I just do it. When it comes to love, I did it for the love of it. It's not because I did it because I had to do it. I did it just because like I wanted to. So Judaism says that the universe is, is founded upon will, you know, an act of kindness, an act of love. And what is that? To give of his goodness to other. What, who is the other? We are the other. And what is that goodness that we're waiting for God to uh, lay on us? Uh, well, so when I think in my life, the greatest goodness that, uh, you know, amongst the, the memories of my life, what are some of the moments that would capture what I would call greatest goodness? What comes to my mind is I'm lying in bed and my mother is reading to me Winnie the Pooh. I must have been maybe 18 years old. I'm just joking. I was about maybe three or four years old. And that's just like, that's, that memory is so deep in my heart. My mother is sitting there reading to me Winnie the Pooh. Now, to be honest, my mother didn't read to me Winnie the Pooh. My mother was uh, a Polish woman, and she had a very strong Yiddish accent, and she read to me Winnie the Pet. <laughs> and uh, she would read to me Winnie the Pet. Uh, and uh, that was ecstasy for me. And why was that ecstasy? Because my mother was giving me the greatest goodness that we all want in our lives. And that's called presence. The gift of love is presence. Feeling my mother, my mother basically pushed everything out of the way, put me in the center, and then condensed her entire being into this moment and gave herself to me. And she was there for me. And that is the greatest gift that everybody wants to feel, that somebody is there for them. And, um, you know, this is what the, uh, our sages tell us, that the greatest gift that God gives us is himself. You know, when, 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 when people are in a relationship, they, they don't want, I mean, they would love to get, you know, he'd love to get golf clubs and she might love to get a diamond ring. But none of that matters unless we really give more than just a present, but a presence. People want to feel that you are there for them. You are right there for them. And uh, this is what our sages tell us, that the greatest gift that we can receive in our lives is to feel the presence of God in our lives. You know, many years ago, I had a student who had a serious addiction problem, and he uh, was working to get through it. And after many, many years, he put himself through 12 steps. And in 12 steps, they told them that within every soul is a hole that only God can fill. And you, you're going to try and fill that hole with drugs or alcohol or shopping. Uh, there's no end of ways people try to fill that hole, but that's a God-sized hole. 
And only God can fill that, that hole, that void in your life. And so he decided that he would stop the drugs. And when he did stop the drugs, his life fell apart to his shock. He couldn't believe it. He thought that life would come together now that he gave up the drugs. And rather, everything got worse. He went back to 12 steps and he says, you know what, I, I, this doesn't make any sense at all. I've given up the drugs and rather than feeling better, I feel worse. And they said, well, you weren't listening. You see, you think drugs are your problem. Drugs are not your problem. Your problem is you have a void and you're not filling it with God. Drugs is your wrong solution to your problem. You're trying to fill the void in your life with drugs. When it's great that you stop the drugs, but now there's nothing, not even a fake thing filling your void. You have to fill that void with God. And, uh, and really, what does it mean to fill that void with God? What does it really practically mean to fill your life with God? Well, the only thing we know about God is God's will and God's attributes. And uh, we know that God uh, wants us to... to um, to celebrate Shabbat if we're Jewish. And so that's the will of God. And when I want what God wants, then I'm filling that void with that will of God. We also know that God uh, is um, manifest through his attributes. God doesn't have the attribute of wisdom. God is wisdom. God doesn't have the attribute of love. God is love. God doesn't have the attribute of compassion. He is compassion. And he's infinitely more than all that. But what that means is that when a person engages in real life wisdom, that's, that's the presence of God in their life. When a person engages in kindness, you know, one of the best ways to, to feel good about yourself is to help others feel good about themselves. You know, it's like Mark Twain once said very, very cleverly, he said, uh, the best way to cheer somebody up is to cheer yourself up is to cheer somebody else up. And there's no better feeling there's no greater feeling than feeling part of the greater. And so when a person engages in acts of kindness and acts of compassion, and this is what it means to feel the presence of God in your life. Uh, it's not necessarily feeling that somebody is breathing you know, down your neck and looking at you from heaven, although some people might experience that. But in a very practical way, when a person is engaged in the various ingredients of living a life of kindness and compassion and, and authenticity, they're going to feel the presence of God in their life. Hmm. And that's what God did. He created the world as an act of expressing his goodness. What is, how do you express goodness? How do you express love? By giving goodness to others. And the greatest goodness that God gave us is his presence. And the way we receive that presence is by giving goodness to others. You know, it's, it's so interesting because I've heard of the idea of there's a concept of trying to emulate God's ways, emulate God's traits. But it sounds like what you're saying, if I'm understanding correctly, is it's not just a nice, good thing to do to emulate God, that the way we actually sense God in our lives is by acting in a way that's God-like. Is that what I'm understanding? Yes, yes. But I, I'm uncomfortable with the word emulate, although it's the one that's used very often, because very often people think the word emulate means imitate. And the truth is, you know, if I have a monkey and, and the monkey imitates me, uh, you know, uh, dancing, 
the monkey's not any closer to me. The Gansley's not going to feel, you know, my presence in his life. Uh, the real, uh, I think it would be better to use the word, not emulate, but embody. You know, when a person does an act of kindness, they are embodying the attribute of kindness. And the attribute of kindness is a revelation of God. It's, uh, it's, it's the presence of God in your life. In so much as it's kindness, in so much as God is kindness, God is much more than kindness, but in so much as God is kindness, when a person is doing kindness, this is the presence of God. In so much as a person, as in so much as God is wisdom, not simply has wisdom, but he is wisdom. When right now you and I hopefully are engaged in a conversation of wisdom, then in so much as God is wisdom, the presence of God is in our lives and we feel a sense of fulfillment. Um, so it's not just simply mimicking God or emulating or imitating. It's really embodying the presence of God. You know, you become a channel for, for, for divine kindness to come into the world. You become a channel for God's um, wisdom to come into the world. You know, there's a deep idea in the Kabbalah that God gave his presence to the vessels. We are called vessels. And the vessels broke because the vessels wanted to take this light, this presence, and hold it and keep it. And the mistake that these vessels made, in Hebrew, the word for vessel is kli. And the truth is kli could either be translated as container or instrument. And when a person thinks they are a container and, they're, and they just want to hold, they want love in their hearts and they want to hold that. No, the way you have love in your heart is when you give love to other people. You're not here to contain love. You're here to channel love and be an instrument of love. And so, so, so what it means to receive God's presence in your life is to give God's presence to others in their lives by sharing wisdom and acting kindly and being loving and being truthful. And, you know, and, and so the, the goal of Jewish life is really not to understand God because we never will understand God. The goal of life is to live God. And that's why God created the world. God created the world to be in this world, uh, in us, through us. Um, yeah. So I really like your answer because I like that it's very, very practical. But I do have a philosophical side of the question I'm going to ask too now. Um, the world is so vast. The universe is so vast. And I feel like there's so much of it that only recently we're even discovering through, let's say, the oceans, the seas, the cosmos. Um, that doesn't i mean at least to me doesn't it's interesting it's amazing fascinating to really get wowed and awed by god the more we understand those things or we realize that we really don't understand there's so much more but that's not the part that plays into at least that that i get um acting like god um god's here to give us goodness i assume there's something about all that like why is the world so complex and complicated like why did god create a world like that well, uh, there's a science to goodness. In other words, you know, very often people say, I'm a good person. I never hurt anybody. Well, first of all, that's not a good person. That's just not a bad person. And even if a person says, I'm a good person, and I write uh, a check for $18 every month to, uh, you know, to, to a charity fund. Well, that's really nice. And that's definitely good. But there's a science to goodness. You know, you could go to a doctor and 
and he's about to, we shouldn't know these things, but he's about to do surgery on your brain. And you say, you know, maybe I should get his credentials. He's, he is going to cut into my head. And say, excuse me, sir. Like, I, you know, doc, I, I never really, uh, forgive me for asking now. I know the surgery's tomorrow, but wh what are your credentials? And he says, I'm a really nice guy. Well, that's really great. Well, I, I make $18, you know, charitable fund, uh, charitable giving every month. Well, that's really great. But I, I mean, and I like, how many years have you studied this? How many years have you actually done surgery? Uh, a good surgeon, there's a tremendous science behind doing the good of surgery. The same thing with architecture, same thing with everything. So often people think of goodness in a very simplistic way. That goodness is to smile at a person, say a kind word and give a check, you know, give a dollar to a homeless. That's beautiful. Nobody's diminishing that. But there's a science to goodness. And therefore, Judaism is claiming that every single detail of the universe is, uh, is a detail in how the presence of goodness comes into the world and becomes available to us. And we might not understand that. that today, I went for a nice Shabbat walk. And, uh, and, 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 and there, was this, uh, there was this bush. Suddenly, I noticed one bee you know, going from flower to flower. And then I saw another bee. And then I saw, I realized, you know, I never noticed this, but like, they were like, maybe, maybe 50 bees in this, in this, uh, you know, in this bush going to from flower to flower to flower. And I'm thinking like, wow, how incredibly coordinated this universe is that the bee is going to the flower and getting the pollen and, and creating the, uh, creating the honey. And I once went read an article that a bee in his lifetime produces a teaspoon of honey. I said, that's an underachiever. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they achieve in their entire life, you know, and, and all the honey in the world are all these bees working so hard, you know, and you say like, well, wow, this is a universe that's so interdependent and interconnected. And it's all in order to give us that goodness. Part of that goodness is just, the vastness and the beauty of the vastness is one of the great gifts of God in our lives. Mm. I do have to say, under, with this understanding of why God created the world and the purpose of the world is ultimately to receive the goodness of God, it definitely makes me go out through all aspects of my life with a totally different perspective. It makes me have a whole new sense of appreciation. If the whole point is God wants to give me goodness, part of it is I have to be willing to receive it. So I think with this understanding, it's going to give a whole new eye-opening experience of really saying, I need to want to be receptive to God's goodness because that's why God created the world and created me and a whole new vision for what the purpose of the world is. I want to thank you all for joining us. Soul Talk, Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 
Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India. And I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.